Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm author, filmmaker, and book devourer, Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, filmmaker and e-reader. This episode, we're talking about series. Serieses? Series. Books that are in a series. It's like Reese's Pieces or Reese's Pieces. Uh It's a series. It's like Buffalo. No. Anyway, we're talking about that and interviewing writer J.Y. Young. But first... What are you reading, Bria? Well, last night it... very So my dog has decided she needs to go to the bathroom at 2 a.m. every morning. And she Ooh. starts waddling around the house. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this birthday. is not that interesting to most people. Mallory's interested, but it is... Literally, she starts waddling around the house, and then she's like, "I gotta, I gotta go out." And I don't know what has happened that she can't sleep through the night anymore. I mean, she's old. So. She is old. That's what happens to old people, right? Yeah. So at two in the morning, she gets up, and I start to ignore her. And then at some point, I'm like, "Fine." And then I take her out, and so, and then I get up and I read my book for about an hour. So last night at about three a.m., I finished a book. I think it's funny because people will comment or see it on Goodreads and be, do a like, and I'm like, I wonder if they see that I'm putting this up at like three a.m. <laughs> So anyway, the book that I read was This Is How You Lose the Time War. Oh, by Max Gladstone and, and Amal El-Motar. Yes, correct. Past guest of the Past show. Past guest of the show. It's so, it's getting a lot of buzz for good reason. Yes, it's it amazing. It is a really interesting time travel book. You know, I like time travel. Um, and it's about two uh, sort of warring factions that are trying to beat each other via time travel and it's told back and forth from each of these two people or i they're not people two beings or members of these like factions that are like that are fighting and um they go through time and they start writing each other letters at each place that they see each other that they know the other one is going to mm-hmm. um and I don't think it's too big of a spoiler to say that they eventually, like, start to have more than a friendship. It turns from enemies to friends. Um, I will say, when I first started reading this, I really loved this book. It is a little confusing. Go ahead and read the description. Because you kind of need to be able to know who the two different beings are and i was getting them confused for some reason maybe because i was reading it at three in the morning but um (laughs) that that doesn't help um so i would say like definitely pick up this book but go and read who is red and who is blue that's the two major people and like you'll get to know them a little bit before just like that that information will help you a lot but i i loved it it's a really like heady sort of point of view time travel book like the world like it's all these different time periods and you have to sort of just like figure out what they are it's really great if you like sci-fi and you have read a lot of sci-fi i think this is the perfect book yeah max and amal are amazing yeah they're both fantastic writers so seeing them work together on a project like this is very exciting and they're both of their agents are past guests of the show don juan song Oh, I didn't realize that. That's so cool. That's rad. Uh, what are you reading, Mallory? So I am very excited to galley brag today. Uh, I'm reading a, a galley of a book that's coming out in November. It's one of the biggest, buzziest books of the year. My friend Aaron Morgenstern's The Starless Sea. Oh, cool. So Aaron wrote The Night Circus, which is one of the buzziest books ever. And this is her very long-awaited second book, uh, The Starless Sea. And if you love The Night Circus, you will love this book. And if you've never read The Night Circus... You will still love this book. <laughs> it is just, it's like a book for book lovers. It's like, you know, kind of fantasy, romance, magical realism, just like that magical Aaron blend of a book that is so like lush in descriptions. And it's, you just like fall into this book. It's about this 
guy named Zachary. He's a graduate student. He's studying video games. And one day he's reading this book in the, in, in the library and finds out there's a story from his childhood in the book. And he ends up sort of falling in with this like secret society that is involved that starts following him around and is involved in this underground. It's not a library, but it's this like massive, um, like and by massive I mean like miles and miles and miles, uncountable miles collections of books. Oh, cool! And that's the Starless Sea. Oh, cool! And he's like trying to figure out how they know him, how he's involved in this, and, and intermixed with his story or like background on the starless sea and the people who take care of it and stories from the starless sea and just like cute little um fairy tales that are woven into it and it is just so beautiful it is so fun i will let you borrow the arc yeah i want to i want to yeah for sure yeah it's out november please pre-order it it is one of the buzziest books for a reason so that's the starless sea by aaron morgenstern and mine is this is how you lose the time war by amal el matar and uh max gladstone so we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. First off, oh boy, we got so many emails about the Goodreads. Lots of opinions. So many. <laughs> we got so many emails about the Goodreads listener problem from episode episode 113. Like, I think like between 40 and 50 people wrote wow. about this. Okay. But it's good. People so, are listening. Yes. Thank you all. Feedback. You're all gems. And I'm not, I'm, I can't obviously list all the names of the people who emailed because basically you all emailed the same thing. That okay, I, wait, but let's remind everybody what it is. So it was somebody, the listener problem from episode 113 was someone who wanted to make a, uh, a shelf on Goodreads of all the books they hadn't finished because they still wanted to review the books they hadn't finished but didn't want them to count as read right they were like i want to say like oh i didn't finish this because these reasons but um here but they wanted it to count right exactly exactly they didn't want it to seem like they had read it right and so there is a solution uh so you can add your own shelves on goodreads as alternatives to want to read reading and read which we knew that we already went we went through that at the time i think so we did yeah 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 so and you, but you, but what you need to do is edit as an exclusive shelf right. on the edit shelves page. And it's also possible to move a book from your currently reading shelf back to want to read without losing the dates that you added and or started reading. You can write a review or update reminding you where you were, uh, why you stopped reading, whatever, to a book on your want to read shelf. So you can add an exclusive shelf of all – you can like basically make, make a DNF, do, did not finish shelf on Goodreads. And I think one of the reasons that we, I was having a hard time with this is it's only available on desktop. You can't do it on the mobile version. You can't do it on your phone. But when you do this, sorry, now I'm still not understanding. So when you do this, you still have to choose want to read, reading, or read? No, no, no. no. You have an, one shelf just for this. Yes. Okay. All right, cool. That's exciting. So thank you, everyone. We're still getting emails. You can stop emailing us. Thank we, you. <laughs> we got it. We got it. Um, Taylor wrote in and said, I finished listening to the episode where you interviewed Vanessa Zoltan, and I have to say I have multiple library cards. I used to live in San Francisco, and through the SFPL, I can check out and hold 20 books at a time. About six months ago, I moved out of San Francisco and into San Mateo County. Through San Mateo County's library, I can put 50 books on hold at a time. I'm about to move 50 back to my hometown, which has a limited library selection and has max checkout hold list of four books four four what jesus check out and is four that is rude that's ridiculous i mean how how what you if you a four what if you're on a really long wait what do you 50 is great i'm trying to not max out my holds anymore this is like a new thing where i'm like okay because then i'll get like 10 at a time i'm like oops yeah well i've been doing the delaying which i do that as well but then i forget because sometimes and what i now instead of doing like a picking a bunch of because i do do my audiobooks instead of like oh i'm gonna sit here while i am 
I don't know, waiting for my laundry and like try to put a bunch of books on hold at once. I will only do like one at a time because they were yeah. all coming in at once. And I'd be like, Same. what am I going to do? I'm just going to have to lay here in bed and listen to audiobooks all day to get through it. I really utilize the wish list at my library. My mm-hmm. wish list is many. It is. I try to keep it less than now I'm at seven full pages. I try to keep oh it God, less than Bria. seven full pages. Holy shit. But I, I always sneak into eight. <laughs> I sneak into eight, but then I'm like trying to like whittle it down. I'm like being really harsh with it, but it's, you know, it's hard. It is hard. Especially at the, now we're at the end of the year. What a dream. San Mateo County. We all should all move 50 books on hold at a time. I know. All of a sudden they're like, this is mass, mass immigration (laughs) to San Mateo County of all these readers. Uh, And then Lizbeth wrote in with a wheelhouse, uh, Lizbeth's first thing in their wheelhouse is memoirs. Oh, yeah. As opposed to memoirs, as well as fictional stories featuring moms who aren't totally sure they love mo- motherhood. I feel like my mom friends love this genre. Uh, we should do a memoir episode because my friends, I, like uh, one of my friends who was visiting me in Bulgaria, she was telling me all these different like mom memoir books she was reading and i was like i just haven't heard of any of these and i think i'm just like not on the mom war track uh also women with successful careers but messy lives who return to their small hometowns to solve something lgbtqya <laughs> especially with fantasy elements uh stories that feature intricate descriptions of food Ooh, we've had more than one of those people in are into people food. love the food descriptions so i'm here for it too uh, stories where the setting is the main character and nonfiction mm. that restores my faith in humanity oh that's nice and a uh, quick bookmark. So our friends over at Overdrive are celebrating Read an Ebook Day on September 18th, which is next Wednesday, if you are listening to this episode when the show comes out. It's a celebration invented by our pal Adam from the Professional Book Nerds podcast all about ebooks, why you love ebooks. And then if you do that, you get entered to win a free Kobo and some cool, I don't know what Libby stuff is, maybe hats, mugs, stickers. They have the thing that you put on the back of your phone and you can hold it with your fingers. Oh, uh. What are those called? Do you know what Pop sockets. About? That's what it's called? <laughs> yes. A pop socket? Yeah, because the socket pops out of the back of your phone, and then you pop it back in. Ad- I don't know if Adam- it's a socket. It's more of like a... Adam gave me one when I got to meet him at the uh, Berkeley Book Fest. It's at my house. And I got you one, too. <laughs> oh, I didn't know if that was yours or not. No, I got... He gave, he gave one it's, to both uh, But why is it a socket? Because it, it, like... I don't know. It, it seems like it should be called, like, a... Um, yeah, let's a see. A handle. So I have a, the second bookmark is Mallory and I were texting and we feel like we want to do another like book club read, a spooky, scary read. And we want to hear your suggestions. Yeah. And make them good. Make because... them good. You know, you know, our rules for suggestions. It has to be in all formats. Yes. So it has to be in an ebook, audio, audio and print version, uh, preferably paperback. Mm-hmm. And it would be good if it's been out for a little while so people can get it. Yes. So at least, you know, been out at least six months, hopefully a year. And folks, this is your chance to impress me because if you yeah. if you email me and go, you should read a book by Stephen King. Come on, no, come on, and and put in the put in the um in the the subject line like you know a suggestion October for, uh, October read. Yeah, do that, do that. And our third bookmark. Do we want to talk about this? Yeah, you wanted to. Talk I about want to this. talk about this. So I want to do something for now. I, I was, I'm accusing so you're like you. Well, you wanted to talk about that this. this was a thing we're going to do. <laughs> I I want to find people who are participating in NaNoWriMo, which is National Novel Writing Month that happens every November. Oh, thank you, good, because I was about to have to look up what it stood for. Um, NaNoWriMo, yeah, National Novel Writing Month, and yeah, we. I'm to- actually really glad that we're talking about it on this episode because Aaron Morgenstern's book, The Night Circus, started out as a National Novel Writing Month novel. Really? Yep. That's awesome. So we want to talk to a couple of people and we want to basically talk to you at the beginning of November and do check-ins throughout the month of November, see where you're at. 
and like and then maybe talk to you at the end of November. If you want us to be your accountability buddies for National Novel Writing Month, yeah. Email and I feel us. like we can pick like a, a couple people. Yes. This is my like crazy idea because I love the idea of someone I'm making doing Bria do this. Yeah. So like, well, you, that's a horrible idea because you know I never will. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but reach out to us on on email or you can reach out on Twitter, I guess too. But like, if you're gonna no, participate in NaNoWriMo. We would like to talk to you. We want to hear what you're writing about, and then we want to we want to get some weekly check-ins with you to see how it's going. So you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. If you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show delivered to your inbox every month, sign up for our newsletter. There's a link in the show notes. Before we talk about book series, we're going to take a quick break. Hello there, ghouls and gals. It is I. April Wolf. I'm here to take you through the twisty, scary, heart-pounding world of genre cinema on the exhilarating program known as Switchblade Sisters. The concept is simple. I invite a female filmmaker on each week and we discuss their favorite genre film. Listen in closely to hear past guests like the Babadook director, Jennifer Kent, Winter's Bone director, Deborah Granick, and so many others every Thursday on MaximumFun.org. Tune in if you dare. It's actually a very thought-provoking show that deeply explores the craft and philosophy behind the filmmaking process while also examining film through the lens of the female gaze. So, like, you should listen. Switchblade Sisters. So this week, it's all about series. We get a lot of reader problems and questions about series, so we figured we'd do a whole episode on them and how we read them. And first up, when we mean series, we mean four or more books. There's no duologies, which is what two books is called. Oh. Which is... I don't know that. I, like, what else are you going to call a couple of books? Just a couple just, of books. Just a couple of books. The book and its sequel. The book and its pal. Yeah. But they're <laughs> it's best friend. Son. It's a son. <laughs> poor daughter. It's true. <laughs> but yeah, they're, they're technically called a duology. Okay. Uh, and no trilogies either. So, and the series could be ongoing or all finished. Some series have all the same main characters, and in some series, each subsequent book's main character is a minor book or is a minor character from the previous book. This happens a lot in romance books or in crime series. Mallory, you want to know some of the longest running series? Yes. This is actually more co- hard to find information than you would imagine. You would think it'd be like definitive, but because. Some are spinoffs and some are not. People have a lot of, like, opinions opinions about this. But Terry Pratchett's Discworld has 41 books. Oh, damn. In or around. Because some people are like, that's not technically a Discworld book. And that one is. Um, It's a series. I don't know. I've never read one of these. But it's a series about a flat planet that sits on the back of four elephants who stand on the back of a turtle. And it's mostly parody, parody and has like political themes. Sounds fascinating. Yeah, it's Terry Pratchett. It's it's like his It's him writing fantasy, but in the, like... It's like a parody, like right. of a lot of fantasy stuff. Right. Um, the Gwyn Saga, Gwyn Saga, Gwyn Saga, uh, by Japanese author Kaoru Kurimoto has over 130 volumes and 22 side stories. Oh, wow. So that is technically the longest. It's about a warrior who is both an amnesiac with a le- who is an amnesiac with a leopard mask affixed to his head, like magically. Oh, I'm into it. And he basically remembers nothing but how to fight people. Awesome. Yeah, I've never read it either. And then the longest run, what, running YA series, also, this is uh, this is a contested point, 19 books for Vampire Diaries. Um, although that's nothing compared to the Babysitter's Club, if you count that one, which has 207 books. Holy shit. I know. But it's like, is that a series series? 
You know, I mean, this is like the question. I play pretty fast and loose with the definition of series. Because it's not a continuous story, but it sort of has the same characters, but they never get older, right? The Babysitter's Club, the whole thing is it's like, basically, it's like It's terrifying. It's like they restart. That sounds like hell. Can you imagine being stuck in middle school for the rest of your fucking life? Babysitting they do get older, but in my head, they don't. I I haven't read a Babysitter's Club book in a long time. I got excited because there was a Mallory. Oh, was there? Yeah. And did she age? I don't remember. Yeah. I didn't. I, I, I only read a handful of the Babysitter's Club. There's no monsters in them. Yeah. I didn't read that many of them either. I remember liking them, though. They were like solved mysteries, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, they had 207 books. And I, I feel like Hardy Boys is probably up there, too. Yeah. So wow. if you count those, those are the longest running series. That's a lot. Yeah. And so also, before we get into series, from a publishing standpoint, a good thing to remember is that and I, because I see a lot of people talking about this online. If you love a series or you're interested in it, you probably shouldn't wait to read them or buy them. Because I see a lot of people who are like, "Oh, well, they have a rule; they don't read a series until it's finished." Wow. Like, and actually, one of the reader questions we got for this episode was Claire asked, "Where do you stand on publishers quitting before the end of a series of books?" I understand there are economic reasons for not continuing, but surely there's a moral duty to finish what started. As readers, I think it's sometimes hard for us to remember that publishing is a business, and if publisher releases a series and the sales of the first book aren't great, they might decide not to publish the rest of the series. It sucks, but that's just ha- like publishing is business. That's like how it goes. Mm-hmm. There's no morals in publishing them, but there's no moral duty for them to do anything. Big publishers are corporations, uh, and a lot of folks won't read a series until all the books are out, like I said, but if everybody did that, the series wouldn't be published yeah for sure some publishers will only buy one book like um uh, author i know daniel jose older his um shadow shaper books his publisher only bought one book the first book and it did well um so they bought two more and now it's a trilogy yeah um this is again why pre-ordering and supporting authors is so important and why reading the book when it comes out instead of waiting for the whole series to come out is important Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. bria do you read series I do, but it is rare. So if I see something as a series, I'm like, ooh, do I want to get into this? Like, so it has to be a series I'm really interested in. Yeah. Because I want, it has to like really entice me. I'm, because I just, I want to make sure I can be in it for that number of books. Um, It's like dating. Yeah, it's true. Like if you, (laughs) sure. Like if you're like, you meet someone and it turns out they have five twins and you have to date them also. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you're like, I don't know if I have time for all these twins. You're like, the first two might be fine, but what if it gets boring? What if right. the third day gets boring? it's not twins after, well, after two, but what, you know what I mean. Well, there could be sets of twins. Yeah, if they have two other sets of twins and, and then five, one additional twin. Yeah, who's, whose partner <laughs> has died. you have to date all of them, then I'm like, it seems like too much. Maybe, okay. Oh, it's like Another the example. opposite of, it's like big love. Yeah, the, you know what? It is like big love. The, the big read. The big it's the big read. <laughs> or, okay, let's say a better example. Let's say you have, like, you meet someone and they have, like, a big family. <laughs> like, it's a little bit like that, right? Okay. And they're really involved in them, with them. I guess. I don't know what. There's no human example of this. Maybe maybe I no. should quit comparing books to people. Maybe that should be the books rule. Books are people. <laughs> books are people, too. Um, my big thing is if, like, there are already five books out, I'm, I'm kind of good. Like, I'm like, ah. Uh, too many like i i don't need a new job i already have several jobs thank you i don't need to take on this as something else my full-time job is now finishing the babysitter's club series. yeah yeah but i mean i did just read the new the golden compass like i read That's that a trilogy yeah oh it's a trilogy okay yeah. um have well, you never read it before uh-uh. <gasps> yeah why did you not text me I think I did. No, I texted my friend Megan because I'm, a, I'm offended. She wants to watch this the show 
Yeah. And I, she was like, you got to watch this before we watch the show. Did and you so, like it? Yeah, I loved it. It was really good. Oh my God, is it a quick read? Oh my God. Well, let's talk about it after the show. Okay. It's like my favorite. Yeah, it's really good. I knew you loved it. I, I saw your work. I can't believe I didn't text you about it. I was I in Bulgaria. Oh, um, fair enough. Um, but yeah, yeah I want, I'm happy to see, I'm happy to pick up a book, read it and continue or not continue. I never feel pressure to keep going. Yeah, you're better about that than oh, I Oh, I will never be like, well, I read the first two. Nah, I don't. But, like, that doesn't mean that I'm going to. It has to. All of them have to be good. <laughs> Just throwing them right out the window. Right. I, well, and I don't buy them all at the same time either. Like, yeah. I would never be like, and now I'll buy five of this series. Like, I will buy them, like, as they sort of come out. Like I said, it's hard for me to go back and be like, five books. I can't. I Like, if there's already five books out, I'm probably not starting it. Yeah. It, it seems too daunting. Yeah. And there's a lot of books I'm going to read. What about yeah. you? Do you read them? I do, but I'm actually more like I really like seri- the series that are l- more loosely connected, where they don't all like. I really like a series where they don't all have the same character. Like what do you mean? Like uh, Tana French's Dublin Murder Squad series. Like each book, the the main character of a, of the book is a minor character in the book before it. So it's still in the same world. It's still in like the same. It's like in Dublin in the same time period, but and it's still like dealing with the same kind of stuff. But it's a different character. Oh, okay. But okay. you kind of knew it, like, uh, the first book, uh, In the Woods, the main character for the second book is the main character in the first book's partner. It's a spinoff, but it's almost, I mean, it's, not, it's a series, but it's almost a spinoff. Yeah, It's like of. a little bit of a, like, a, yeah, like, it, that feels like, um, you know, when they did the spinoff of the X-Files about, uh, about... We don't talk about okay. that. <laughs> we do not talk about this, the lone gunman. The lone gunman? Uh, no. One oh, time I, I tried to pitch to write on I wanted to write that comic book. I was like, can I write the lone gunman comic book? You would be way better at, they should have let you do everything I've for written, you. written the series? I don't like the lone gunman. I loved those guys in the show. I hate them. You they're, hate them? They're always trying to get in Scully's pants. Oh, I don't remember that aspect. I just remember them being like nerds working alone in a lab. And I was like, I'm into this. This would be me. <laughs> you would not. You would be Scully. Oh, no, you're the, we already looked into this. I'm the Scully. You're the Mulder. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, I feel like in, <laughs> in a loosely connected series is way less pressure for me. Uh, cause, like, because I'm the same way. Like, if I see a series that has, like, a bunch of books in it, I'm like, Ugh. Yeah, tough. Because I'm the opposite. I cannot let go. Once I'm in it, it's, I'm, like, getting married to the series. Like, <laughs> I need to know what happened. <laughs> marry you and your twin and, and your yep, other twin just and his twin and her twin. Uh, it, we have to buy a California king. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just stuck in, like, my thing is I like – I don't like being with the same characters for – like I don't well, don't want to be with the same characters for 20 books because nobody has that many adventures. I, I do. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about all the dragons you fight. I mean, not dragons, but I, my every day is an adventure. <laughs> <laughs> like there's a book series that I love when I was in middle school called the um, Legend of Drizzt series oh, yeah, by yeah. Ari Salvatore. And there's yeah. like 25, 26 books. And I stopped like 19 books in because I was like, this guy's a, this elf is immortal. And mm. he, even he wouldn't have this many adventures. Yeah, when is yeah. he going to get a break? <laughs> like I, It's too much pressure for me. And I think I like crime series best for this reason. So instead of like one big incident that's being dealt with over the course of many series of books, like a big war, like, I don't know, whatever the fuck happens in fantasy books, 
a dragon you have to kill. Dragons, fighting, wars. Yeah, elves. you know, that's uh, Swords? Game, of, Swords. Game Swords. of Thrones, things like, like stuff like that. Like, it'll be more character focused and each book will have a different problem. Mm. Like, a new group of detectives fighting, some, like, trying to solve a new serial yeah, killer I case. I like that too. Yeah. And there's, my, the big thing about that is that there's no fucking cliffhangers. I do not like a cliffhanger. I do mm. not appreciate a cliffhanger, especially, I just, I, I am so imbued with the sense of needing to know what is happening at all times yeah it doesn't bother me and i honestly i'll drop right out i'll be like too bad too bad for you i'm not gonna know what happens that's uh, that's for you to be sad about not see, me you're like, better at this I can't, I can't, I i'm not gonna internalize that oh i will suck it right into my soul it drives <laughs> me nuts and it's like my problem is when i like something i like it more than anybody else in the world mm. and i must inhale it i'll end up taking three days off from work so i can read every book in that series wow because of this i'm very hesitant to start a series with a lot of books in it i'm like this with tv too i think that's why i don't like watching tv i'm afraid of commitment oh no i'll drop out uh my my fiance is still really mad at me right now because i haven't finished we watch a show together uh i can't think of the name of it right now oh I, we watched a show, a show together actually i'm not gonna say what the show is because i do know people who work on it and i didn't watch the finale and he's super mad because he watched it without me and i was like well i'm not gonna watch it and he was like you have to watch the finale of this show. It's not Game of Thrones. Don't get excited. Uh, and he was like, you got to watch the finale. It, like, it's coming back. And I was like, I'll watch it before next it, season. he wants to talk about it with you? And he's like, you got to, how are you not dying to watch it? Yeah, he wants me to watch it. Then he should have waited. John should have waited. John should have waited. That's on him. That's not on me. You, Bria, you are so zen about this stuff. It's incredible. <laughs> we should all take a page out of your book. I'm not zen. I just um, have trouble caring about things that are not that important. Damn, Bria. Yeah, sorry. I mean, listen, there's a lot. I watched like eight episodes of this show. I'm committed. Like, I'll watch it before it starts again. I'll catch up. You're incredible. <laughs> I don't know if this is like a good thing or if it's just like it is a good thing because or you're like me and you like the other day I had to take the day off of work to read this book that had a terrible ending and I was mad about. Why did you have to take the day off? Because I need I needed to finish it. It was like a 500 page book. I have that. I have that sometimes where I need to finish. Yeah, a book. imagine do imagine having that feeling for six books though. No, I wouldn't. That's why I'm very. I would quit. Fine. But there are, I mean, there are a lot of fantasy series I do like. Like, I like the Loosely Connect. I like the Zamonia series. I like the Dublin Murder Squad series. Mm-hmm. Um, hold on. What series do you like? Dresden Files. You like the Dresden Files by Jim Butcher? Yeah, I haven't read that many of them, though. And I've, I've, I haven't read them in order by any means. I like D- Douglas Preston and Lincoln Child's um, Pendergast series. I like that a lot. Even, mm-hmm. But even that, like, towards the, once, once you get into double digits in the numbers, I'm yeah, like, no, no, no. this guy is having too many adventures. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. But when I, that's but that's the thing. Then I, I feel so I've I've read so many of them because I like the character. That's okay. I think there has to be like a nice balance between like spending a lot of time with the character you like, and after a while, you're like, buddy, you gotta die or something. Yeah, yeah, like, you gotta like bow out. Yeah, it's true. So, so you can send your thoughts on series to reading glasses podcast at gmail.com. Before we talk to writer JY Young, we're gonna take a quick break. Since the dawn of time, screenwriters have taken months to craft their stories. But now, three Hollywood professionals shall attempt the impossible. Break a story in one hour. That's right. Here on Story Break, I, Freddie Wong, Matt Arnold, and Will Campos, the creators behind award-winning shows like Video Game High School, have one hour to turn a humble idea into an awesome movie. Now, an awesome movie starts with an awesome title. I chose The Billionaire's Marriage Valley. Mine was Christmas Pregnant Paradise. <laughs> okay, next we need a protagonist. So I've heard Wario best described as Libertarian Mario. <laughs> and of course, every great movie needs a stellar pitch. In order to 
to get to heaven, sometimes you got to raise a little hell. <laughs> That's the tagline! <laughs> Check out Story Break every week on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. So here we are with author J.Y. Young. J.Y., thank you so much for joining us. Hi. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Um... <laughs> what are you reading right now? Uh, well, at the moment, I'm currently reading uh, The Rosewater Insurrection by Taddy Thompson, which is the second book in his uh, Rosewater trilogy, which is honestly one of the most exciting sort of science fiction novels that I've read in like, honestly, a really long time. I, I've, when I was reading the first book, um, Rosewater, which I think won the Normal Award or something, um, I think so. Uh, you probably have to check that. But uh, it, I, I got the this sort of like feeling from it um, that I've, I haven't really felt uh, since the last time I was reading something by William Gibson, I think. And that was like many, many years ago. I mean, like it's, it, it is just that good. And um, it's so immersive and the world building is fantastic. The characters are fantastic. And when I was reading it, I had all these like little electric zings in my brain um, and, you know, all the ideas and stuff in it. So yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm at the start of the book. I have actually really only started reading it, um, but I'm excited to get through it. The first book is really, really good. And if you haven't, read it uh you should check it out yeah oh that sounds fantastic yeah and so speaking of series you are finishing up your tensorate series with your new book ascent to godhood could you tell us about the series and the new book uh so this tensorate series of books uh are in a sort of like asian inspired science fantasy series that has been called silk punk um it's published by tor.com publishing and there are like four books so far uh the black tides of heaven and the red threads of fortune are sort of like the twin books that were released first i think in 2017 um and you know there's been the uh, Black Tides of Heavens has been like uh, nominated for a bunch of awards and stuff, but the series is basically set in the secondary world, um, very heavily Asian inspired. It's basically fantasy uh, Asia and Southeast Asia, which I didn't kind of plan when I started, um, but it end up, ended up being that way. Um, and it focuses on like a group of people who have the ability to manipulate uh, a sort of like, you know, a force like um force that sounded great um but you know it's kind of like the force uh, in, in this world but it's called the slack and uh anyone can actually manipulate the slack but you just have to have a, a lot of training for it and it's something that is uh restricted to the upper classes who can afford this and have can hire the tutors to teach the children how to do it. So it's basically a, a, a series that looks a lot into things like colonialism and classism and and, and, and how those things play into oppression. Um, the Ascent to Godhood is the fourth novella in the series, and they're kind of more or less stand-alone-ish books. Uh, Ascent to Godhood is basically, it's uh, the whole book is basically a drunken monologue um, told by this, um, the, the rebel leader in, in, in the world, uh, in this world, and she is telling um, the listener about her um, former relationship with the woman who basically is the protector or the, you know, the person who's in charge of this massive um, protectorate that is the main oppressive um, 
empire in this world. Uh, and it's it's really short. I think it's like seventeen thousand words because it's like more or less basically just dialogue. Um, and yeah, uh, what else would you like to know about it? <laughs> so, so when you were starting to write these books, did you know that there were going to be multiple? When you were writing Black Tides of Heaven, did you know that there were going to be three more to go along with it? That's, a, that's an interesting question because actually I wrote the Red Threats of Fortune first. And when I was writing it, I was I knew that um, you know, I had more stories to tell in this world. And I had an idea, like, even though if I managed to sell this book, I could pitch a sequel, uh, which would be sort of like a, a prequel, actually, to, you know, um, so so basically, uh, the Red Threads of Fortune, they're the protagonist is a woman named Sanao Mokoya. And I wanted to tell the story of her and her twin, um, when they were growing up. And I was I was like, you know, I could do that as a, a prequel novella. But when we sold the book, um, my agent, uh, Dong Won, actually kind of convinced Tor.com Publishing to buy two books at once. So um, I pitched them the book that was going to become like Tides of Heaven. And they had this idea that why don't you, since they are like, you no know, twin books for twin people, we should release them on the same day, um, which was an experiment for them, which I think kind of worked out very, really well because like people really introduced intrigued by this idea of twin novellas and they, I kept getting the question like which one do I read first because um, chronologically Black Tides comes first but I actually wrote Red Threads first and like Black Tides is always supposed to be kind of like a prequel um, but in the end I think we just put that as book number one um, so after I wrote those two uh, I did actually pitch two more novellas on very loose uh, uh, concepts like one of them is going to be like a pistolary and the other one is going to be a drunken monologue <laughs> um, <laughs> and then they were like sure like people seem to love these books why don't you write those um, but yeah uh, it's it's a bit I think it's a bit strange for a series and I've gotten a number of comments about it because they don't necessarily follow sort of like a, a linear plot so to speak um, like the the events that happen in the third book uh, don't really come on directly from the first, uh, what happens in the first two books. And I mean, there is the same bunch of characters and stuff, but like I, I hint that stuff has happened in the middle that you don't see. And the fourth book is basically, more stuff has happened, but we're not going to talk about that. Uh, instead, we're going to talk about the far past. And, and that's kind of where I'm going to end the series with, which is a, which is a kind of topsy-turvy way to tell a story, I think. But it was, it was fun. It was fun um, sort of experimenting with these different forms and stuff. <laughs> so from Red Threads of Fortune to Ascent to Godhood, has the world changed at all? Has your, as you know, you say it's a very loose series, but has the series changed at all? Do you, you know, did you discover new things about it as you were writing it? Yeah, I mean, I, the, the, the thing I have to confess is that people always tell me that, oh, your world building is so detailed and it's so good. And I was just like, it's actually just like a rickety structure and the facade is like really nicely painted and stuff. But behind, behind us just full, of, the floor is full of holes and stuff. And then when, when <laughs> the that came after that, I was like, oh no, there's a hole here. I have to fill it in and hope it doesn't contradict anything that I've written before because like, sometimes like forget a lot of my wall building and <laughs> yeah there have been points um in the editorial process for the next two books for the second two books where my editor was just like didn't you say something completely different about this in the previous books and I'm like did I now <laughs> 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 and we had to change it but 
Yeah, I don't know if I would say that the world of the series has changed because I, I feel like all the books are so different from each other and like sort of tone and what they're trying to achieve that they're just kind of like they exist kind of in the same universe. And I think it's kind of roughly the same universe that I had in mind when I started out. It's just like, you know, sort of like different takes on that universe, if it makes sense. <laughs> that uh, That's amazing. So you're just, when you write, you're just sort of a seat of your pants person. You don't have like a world building Bible or like a bunch of index cards glued to a wall or anything. Do you know what that? That is actually the opposite way of how I work. Um, more or less because I, I am actually very much a, a super plotter. Um, for a moment there, when I was like working on my novel, I thought it might be a pencil, but it turns out that I basically pants to figure out what I need to plot. Uh, which um, <laughs> it made it makes more sense in my head, I promise. Um, but. Yeah, I, d- I actually do co- sort of like keep like a world building Bible. And then like when I think of like, I, I like to think of like little s- sort of like details in a world building, but it's very haphazard as, as in when I think of it, I will put it down and I was just like, oh, I must think about the sort of like economic um, distribution of things in this, in this world. And I write like a few paragraphs or like, um, you know, I will think about, oh, how does the governance structure work in this? And so it'll be like little bits that have been folded and then there are like massive gaps in the knowledge because like, to me, I think the hardest part of world building is sort of like filling in all the gaps because there are definitely going to be things that you don't even think about because like, like you know, we're human and we all have our little sort of like blind spots and stuff. Um, so like the things that I think of when I when it comes to world building, there's there's just so much of it to do that I can only focus on like you know like one or two things at a time. Otherwise, I will never get anything written. Um, so yeah, I think I'm a bit of both, um, especially for the novel that I'm writing now, because like the world building there is a lot more intense because it's a much bigger sort of universe. Um, I actually I have been actually sort of like writing out questions I need answered about how the society works and how like the 10,000 years of history (laughs) that I touch upon has to be structured, uh, which is like, I have like a separate little notebook and it's got little tabs in it so that I can organize the information like a little wiki (laughs) sort of thing. Yeah. (laughs) So tell us about your reading life. Do you have any book quirks or weird reading habits that you want to share? My weird reading habit is I literally cannot read in any format other than paperback. Like, I um, I have ADHD, which sort of, like, translates in me to an inability to read for long term on uh, on ebook. I can't do audio because I just can't focus enough on it. For, I need to have the book in my hands and the words being there physically and I can flip back and forth and turn pages uh and I can't do hardbacks because they're heavy and they hurt my hands <laughs> so like my, my one weird reading quirk is that I am like always like a year behind everybody else in reading because I have to wait for the paperback to come out before I can read the book which is like terrible <laughs> So what is your reader wheelhouse? Is there any subjects or tropes that will always get you to pick up a book? Um, I have a great love for uh, literary fiction that has a speculative bent to it. Uh, so like, you know, um, 
I think stuff like what uh, Carmen Maria Mercado writes and, uh, and and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, and and also like I think I actually enjoy uh, reading books that are not necessarily speculative, but have to do with things about uh, people who live in the margins and marginalized identities. So like one of the favorite my favorite books I've read this year is. Uh, it's a book called Everything I Never Told You by Celeste Ng. And it's like, it's completely not speculative at all. It's about a girl who like, who drowns in a lake. And then, and 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 from that point of tragedy, it kind of um, sort of like tells the narrative of all of the different people in her family and how it affects them and how it links back to sort of like their history from when they were growing up. Um, and it's, it's, it, just, it was just, so well written and you felt for all the characters I could not I just like blazed through that book in like a day it was so good and I, I and I actually honestly really enjoy reading books like that um I kind of deal with like all these uh, I, uh issues of identity and contemporary uh life I guess <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I absolutely love that book. So I totally get you. Her writing is so good. It's just like, I'm like, this is writing goals. Like, this is what I want to do with like character and storytelling. It's so good. <laughs> so JY, where can we find you online? Um, I primarily use Twitter. Um, Holly Young on Twitter. And I have a Patreon. Um, just search for me, JY Young, where I post... Uh, I, I post like excerpts from the novel that I'm working on and I do sort of like travel requests and post art and things like that and like updates and sometimes essays and things. Yeah, so uh, if you like my work, if you, if you are interested, hit me up. <laughs> awesome. JY, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me on. Now it's time to look at some book tech, advances in bookish technology. As you know, if you've been listening to the show, me and Bree have been on a quest to find a good book tracking app that is not Goodreads. <laughs> Especially me, because I have not been on Goodreads in a while. Um, and then we have lots of awesome listeners writing in with suggestions. Uh, and We keep trying them. We're trying all we're of them. We're trying all of them. And Bobby wrote in to say, I recently explored several apps myself in an effort to find one that was not a social media or community-based app. After several disappointing apps, I finally found BookBuddy Plus Pro. I really like this one. It allows me to catalog my entire library slash books read. I can also track books borrowed from the library. It shows the covers of all the books I add. I can mark books as read, dates I read them, and can put notes in about them. It has many additional fields you can add to track details that are important to you and many different ways to sort your books. It even has a wish list to track books you might want to read or buy. It's so easy to add books. You can scan the ISBN code or you can manually add a book or search for it online to add it. But like, because you can, you can like, if you can't find it online, you can actually just add the book yes. even if you can't find the title. Yes. Yeah. So this app is really versatile and I find it easy to use. It's quite customizable. Sadly, the light version is limited to only 50 books, I think, but the pro version is unlimited and costs only $5. My favorite thing about it, not a social platform at all. Right. So this was our goal is that we felt like a lot of the things we were getting were social platforms mm -hmm. or they were like kind of designed for like how to track your hot balloon trip, you know, like yeah. things like that. <laughs> remember that was, that was a thing. That was on Airtable, right? I don't remember. But what? I remember there was one where I was like, I mean, that's a cool thing, but I don't even think it works for books specifically. So what did yeah. you think about uh, Book Buddy Plus Pro? Pro. Plus you, Bobby. 
Oh. Honestly, this is the book app I've been looking for. Ah. That's when I remember when I texted you. I was like, this is what. Yeah, Mallory is really excited about this. <laughs> I love this so much. It is all the ease of Goodreads with no social platform at all. You can rank books by stars and you can give half stars on this, which I was really oh, into. Oh, interesting. You can add notes. You can or- organize them by series or by genre. You can scan books or search for them so you don't have to type the entire title in. I love this app so much. We test. I tested out the free version for the show because I d- wasn't you like I just downloaded the free version. But I'm definitely going to buy the pro version. Five out of five pages. I fucking love this thing. It is everything that I wanted. I am in love. Like we're still going to test out other apps, but I think like this, this is the it. this is the this one. was the love. It was let you open it up and hearts just like yeah. flew out of your eyes. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But did you like it, Bria? I loved it, and um, I am so I'm weird about spending money on apps. Which makes I, no I sense. You, I I'm told like, you you can get the free version. Oh, I did. Okay. I'm, I am. But then I'm like, for something like this, okay, I agree. Like, across the board, and especially like, so, you know, I'm reading at night at 3 a.m., finishing my book, and then I'm like, I don't want to forget that I read this book, because I will forget by the next day that I have read the book. I forget. I, this is in also- like five hours? Yeah, for sure. Jeez. I'm not going to go write it down in my book journal in the morning. I don't write in my book journal in the morning. I only do it at night before <laughs> I go to bed, so I'll have forgotten what book I was reading, because it's on my Kindle- it may disappear. I don't know. I have to do it immediately. I have to like, yeah. if you see me write on Goodreads, I just finished that book probably immediately unless I forgot. But mostly the time, it's like right when I finished it. So I need something on my phone. I need yeah. something like readily available that I can yeah. just grab and like put on. So this is perfect. This is this is great. It's clean. The interface is clean. It makes sense. It's user-friendly. Yeah, you can so- have a wish list, mm-hmm. which I'm a big fan of a wish list. Everybody's established. That's what I like about this is I feel like a lot of the other apps you had to go through like some sort of like you had to like there was like a learning curve where you had yeah. to like read a tutorial and learn how to use it. Like Airtable was like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a couple other ones that were like that. But this one you just go. Yeah. And five out of five also. I feel like it's a five out of five for me. But I, buddy. I will say like and also five dollars like I was <laughs> Five dollars is like not that much, and I know it. Like people are like, "Oh no, five dollars on an app!" But all that, I mean, really, in the scheme of things, five dollars when you're like, that's how much I pay for when I'm like, "Oh, I'll buy a nice chocolate bar." I buy, I buy. It's like eight dollars. I know. How you much know? did that bag of chocolate chips cost you? What bag of chocolate chips? <laughs> I wasn't eating chocolate chips out of a bag. What's really funny started? about this episode is that Bria comes in literally smelling like a cookie because she's wearing. <laughs> Wearing cookie lotion, and it's somehow not it's because sh- she's eating a bag a of chocolate cookie. chips. First of all, it's a sugar <laughs> cookie lotion. And I'm trying to get through the bottle because I know I have to quit wearing it because I know it's a little too It's a little too. It's smelly. not bad. I mean, there's a big dog over there. It's better than smelling him. That's true. Um, we're not at the normal studio because um, <laughs> I don't have a big dog. Um, anyway, $5 totally worth it for this app. Yes. Five, yeah, we love Book Buddy. Like, Thank I you, Bobby. Because you need more than 50 books because you want to like... Oh, yeah. The wish list alone, you need more than 50 books. Oh, yeah. No, this, you know? book, this app is definitely the best book But, yeah, if you're used. looking for a non-social media, I mean, I like the interaction on Goodreads, the very little interaction I do, which is basically people are like, I like your review. That's the only interaction I really, truly do. But, which we're going to talk about Goodreads pretty soon. Actually, uh, yeah, stay, stay tuned. We've gotten a few uh, listener questions about, like, what the fuck is Goodreads and how yeah. do you use it. So we're going to do a whole episode about Goodreads. But this app... Five out of five pages. We're both on the same book buddy. Give us a call. Come on the show. Yeah. What oh. if it's what if it's like just a giant book with arms and legs? And then he owns I, the then, app. <laughs> then he's my father. That's my long lost. That's my long lost dad. He's like, sure, I'll come on the show. Oh. <laughs> really and he walks like you know, like toddling. Back yeah, yeah, yeah. He definitely like waddles around. He has a like, monocle. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he a book needs a monocle to read. 
Yeah. And only one? <laughs> I? <laughs> Listen. <laughs> You're just thinking of Mr. Peanut. <laughs> <laughs> I totally am. Like, where did I get this idea from? Anyway, book buddy. Uh, five stars. We like it. Five pages. So if you want us to solve your reader problem or test out some book tech, you can send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. As always, we want to thank Danielle and Kathy who run our Facebook group and Chrissy and Rachel who moderate our Goodreads page. Remember that if you want to look sexy and support us and help us feed our cats, you can buy Reading Glasses tote bags and shirts and bookmarks in the Maximum Fun store. There's a link in the show notes. And if you like the show and don't want to spend any money, you can rate and review us on iTunes. It's really great for us. It helps us reach more readers you can email us at reading glasses podcast at gmail.com find us on twitter at reading g podcast on instagram at reading glasses podcast and you can always follow along on our bookish adventures using the general hashtag reading glasses podcast thanks for listening and, and thanks, thanks for, for reading, reading. maximumfun.org comedy and culture artist owned audience supported